0: It's a tackle, watch out, burst of speed, look at this freshman! Welcome to the home of professional football, Canton, Ohio.
2: Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host, Travis May. And if you're joining us for the first time, College to Canton is a show where we talk about everything from college football recruiting to in season college and NFL breakdowns to NFL draft coverage to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We always talk some fantasy football since this is a RotoViz podcast, but we always make sure to dive into some real college football and NFL analysis too. And last week, Matt Wispe, Stefan LeCo, and myself held our midseason RotoViz NFL Prospects Ranking Summit, running down a good portion of our top 100 future NFL stars for fantasy football. And this week, I'm joined by one of my favorite people in the business as we hold a 2020 NFL Draft Do Over for our favorite rookies currently killing it on our fantasy football and favorite NFL team rosters. So, my special guest, without further ado, is the one and only Ryan McDowell, at RyanMC23 on Twitter, uh, of Dynasty League Football, the Locked On Dynasty and DLF podcasts, And you've probably heard him many other places too, but uh, Ryan, welcome to the show, man. It's been too long since i've had you on one of my shows i feel like you've been on every single one of my podcasts at this point but <laughs> but uh welcome welcome man I'm glad to have you back
3: yeah yeah i've made the rounds but glad to uh glad to jump on here with you travis for sure it has been too long since we got to chat um yeah man it's 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 just been such a wild season so oh, glad, man. To, wild glad season. to slow it down a little bit
2: yeah wild season wild year so it's just good to reconnect with old friends and uh, talk some football and talk about some of our favorite rookies. And I thought, you know, who better to do a rookie draft do-over than with uh, Ryan McDowell. So just uh, glad to talk some Dynasty with you. I, I've been excited just to check out uh, your your new Locked On Dynasty podcast. I know you guys were doing the Dynasty Blueprint for a long time, you and Matt Williamson, but tell, I mean, for the listeners that aren't already listening to that show or uh, subscribe to that that podcast, uh, tell the listeners a little bit about that show because it's been great so far this season.
3: Yeah, I appreciate that. So yeah, as you said, the we had the Dynasty Blueprint, Matt Williamson and I, for several years and kind of grew that and, and we're pretty proud of what we had done there. But honestly, we're just looking to change it up a little and, and it worked out perfectly that. The Locked On Network, which Matt was already affiliated with, was some of his other pods. They were looking to add a Dynasty fantasy show. They approached us and invited us to join them. So some of the great changes that that I've enjoyed, the show is now four days a week. Uh, We also brought in two other guests, uh, who are, are two other hosts, I should say, that are uh, a part of that. Marcus Mosier and Kate Medzuk are, are are covering the days that Matt and I are not on. Um, the shows are a little shorter. I know sometimes Matt and I both rambled on a little bit. Some of those shows went over an hour. And
2: yeah, uh, hey, we we all do that. You know, it's with, with our own podcast, it's easy to just keep talking, especially when we're super passionate uh, about the the players. But it's been cool. I mean, I mean that partnership makes it just basically like an every day of the week almost podcast feed so locked on dynasty if you're not already following and not already subscribed check it out uh ryan and matt williamson marcus and katie and all just doing great things uh, for dynasty fantasy football so I, I don't know listeners if you're following this show for just college football or just nfl or redraft hopefully you're listening to all for you know all those reasons but uh check out the locked on dynasty podcast and for sure anything that's going on at the dynasty league football website and the podcast there because that's actually where i kind of got my big dynasty breakthrough (laughs) i guess to to kind of have a platform for a bit so appreciate the time there ryan it was that's how uh, you and I guess really connected. I guess back back when I was doing the my first few top 100 rookies pieces for you guys. So that, that was That's a lot, right. a lot of fun. Those are
3: some of, my, some of my favorite articles to read uh, <laughs> still today. So always always look forward to those.
2: Nice, man. I appreciate it. I, that'll be coming out soon here on roto I'm already putting together my big boards and all this other other stuff. And one guy that has been absolutely killing it and rising up that big board of mine and will be pretty high on my you know 2021 rookie. rookie. Rookie draft boards next year is the man of the hour. Uh, segment here. Elijah Moore, wide receiver Ole Miss. He's just absolutely been killing it this year. I mean, even after a down week uh, a week ago, I think he only had like 16 yards or something, major down week. Coming in to that game, he'd been averaging like 10 yards or 10 receptions per game. But this past weekend, he seriously snagged 14 catches for 238 yards and three touchdowns in one game and could have actually had more. But Ole Miss decided not to you know, just keep the the, the the foot on the gas pedal uh, against uh, a weekly Vanderbilt roster. So he extends his lead even further in terms of leading all power five wide receivers in receptions and yards. He's now up to 829 receiving yards on 61 receptions on the year on a ridiculous pace for 102 catches, 1382 yards, and 10 touchdowns in just 10 games. If you're into adjusted production metrics, which uh, tend to lead to future NFL success. And this year, he's got a 37% dominator rating, 4.27 yards per team pass attempt, which is among all NFL prospects since 2005. That's 99th percentile. And then he's got 0.031 touchdowns per team pass attempt, which is 80th percentile among all NFL prospects since 2005. And good for an 87th percentile adjusted production index. If you're familiar with that metric, it's one of... Uh, the things that I created over at Rotoviz, but he's risen like crazy this year, Ryan, all, all the way up to I think 33rd on the Rotoviz Devi rankings and 32nd over at uh, Dynasty League Football. I actually was able to grab him at pick 84 in the DEVY League this summer, so I'm absolutely in love with the, with the guy, and I'm especially even more so now that he sent you know he, he won me and some of my buddies uh, you know a few thousand dollars on Saturday in college football DFS, but uh, Ryan. <laughs> Do you think that uh, Elijah Moore ends up as a day two wide receiver next year, given how much he's just dominated this year? I, I think
3: there's a great chance that he does. And and just looking at some of these likely 2021 wide receivers, we already knew that the class was stacked with those, those names at the top, of course, Chase and Bateman and Rondell. And, but to see guys really come on this year and, and Elijah Moore is, is obviously one of those. Terrace Marshall I know is, is kind of <laughs> moving up the ranks as well. So A deep class, De'Ami Brown, another one. A deep class is just getting even deeper. Yeah, I mean, I think there's it would be a surprise really if he if he didn't end up as a day two wide receiver at the worst
2: oh yeah and really coming into this year i think a lot of people thought oh he's just a slot wide receiver this year he's right he's added the whole package he can do it all has been the anchor uh, for that offense to to keep it moving beyond just the run game so i'm excited to see what he does at the next level uh, but without further ado let's jump into the 2020 nfl rookie draft do-over uh, through the first eight weeks of the nfl season we're actually recording this this during the sunday night football game so we're you know we're st- still seeing some things from Jalen rager and cd lamb right now might have uh, have to change our ranks mid-show not really sure <laughs> but uh just so listeners if you're not familiar with how this works even if you don't do dynasty fantasy football essentially every year you get to ra- draft your favorite rookies we're gonna basically assume that this is a super flex format meaning that you can start two quarterbacks on your fantasy starting lineup. So, you know, that will lend to higher ranks for quarterbacks on this list, most likely. I'm very interested to see where uh, Ryan has his guys ranked. But yeah, so we'll just basically draft the first round, essentially 12 picks. And then we'll probably talk about a few other players that just missed the cut to uh, redraft this year's first round for 2020 rookie draft. So Ryan, I'm just going to jump right into it, give you the first pick. You're my guest. So guests go first, pick one, NFL rookie draft do over, Who you got?
3: Well, I I was glad to hear it was a super flex format because I I think things things become a little easier there. If we're talking those one quarterback leagues, I'm not even sure who the 101 might be right now, uh, eight weeks into the season. But uh, it's basically for me a two horse race here in the super flex format, and I'm just going to stick to the board, stick to my rankings, and I'll I'll go Joe Burrow. Uh, at 101, still we've got a lot of competition. Where maybe he didn't didn't have much competition before, yeah. but uh, Burrow Burrow's been impressive. I do worry a little bit that he's done that mostly on volume. He leads the league with 330 pass attempts. Also leads the league with 28 sacks. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, he's had a couple of nasty hits this year that I was worried he wasn't going to get up from or, or was going to suffer an injury. And and with a poor offensive line, it just kind of feels like it's coming. I hate to say that. But overall, he's put up the numbers. He's He's got the weapons. He's he's the guy, right? He's the the 101, both in Dynasty rookie drafts and obviously in the NFL draft. So I think the next guy who who you might take is close to knocking him off, but I'll stick with Burrow for now.
2: Yeah, I think I think that's a good pick right here. I mean, Joe Burrow, you are know, going beginning of the real NFL draft, and then really living up to those expectations. Coming off a, a sixty touchdown final season at LSU, it's really hard to live up to those expectations. But coming in eight weeks and having like almost twenty three hundred passing yards, like a dozen passing touchdowns, almost, and, and really playing ball control and and just. I don't know, being an immediate more than, really more than game managing talent. He just does not look like a rookie. And this past week, I mean, just today, he just looked really good against the Titans. Had had one close call. He only actually threw a pick, but it was called back due to a weird uh, pass interfer- uh, interference call. But Really impressive play from Joe Burrow. So really glad to see him doing good things on Sunday. So, yeah, he's probably, for many people, the the top pick. I, I was looking at October data for, for Dynasty League football, and, and he actually, a couple running backs were still valued over him, some of the mock drafts that you actually put together. So I, I was interested that that he wasn't the consensus top overall guy. I'm, I'm guessing things will probably change, and things will probably trend upward as we continue to see great play from Joe Burrow but yeah my pick pick 2 and I'm not going to not going to waste any time Justin Herbert yeah. LA Chargers I mean he's just been really solid did you know throw a couple picks today against the Denver Broncos uh, but he's been just incredible. I think we had more questions about Herbert. He didn't have every box checked. You know, he lost some big games. He didn't put up the 60 touchdowns. He didn't have the adjusted yards per pass attempt that we like to see with the top-tier passers like Joe Burrow or Tua Tagovailoa, or in recent years, Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, other guys that have had just absolutely absurdly perfect production profiles at quarterback. But he's <laughs> he's answering any questions I have. He's he's really carrying a team that probably would you know be, be what like a one win team probably without him. If that maybe a zero win team looking like the Jets without Justin Herbert right now. So I I really love his game. Would that be your pick two here as well?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Would be my second pick. And and as I kind of mentioned there, almost was my first pick, and that was not the case entering the draft. I mean, this is this is a situation where Herbert is gaining value really by by the week and oh yeah uh, if you if you want to open this up to not just rookies but even thinking about dynasty rankings or, or ADP or whatever you want to consider to me Herbert is is locked in as the top 10 dynasty quarterback and I've got him even higher than that I think I have him as my quarterback seven in my rankings
2: nice I you know that to be to be honest that's probably not high enough right I mean I like, it's just crazy yeah. and, and I mean with these with the youth at the position, you know some of these guys that we have ranked so highly for so long transitioning out soon. Yeah, there are a couple other exciting players up there, but man, uh, I mean guys like Lamar not living up to the hype that we just saw. Yeah. Like it wouldn't. Like what would it take for you to you know have him? Because Lamar, it was basically what Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, maybe Kyler Murray up at the top. What would it take for for Herbert to get into that tier of player? Like. Would he have to reach some kind of some total touchdowns for the season? Is there something in your mind that would kind of push him over the top for you?
3: Um, I don't know if there's any one thing. Um, honestly, I kind of feel like he's already close. Yeah. Uh, I mean we saw we saw the injury of uh, the unfortunate injury for uh, Dak Prescott that I, I think it makes sense to value Herbert over Dak given both the injury, the lack of, you know, just the lack of being on the field this year where Herbert is, is putting up points yeah, and then that situation. So uh, because of that, I've moved, I've moved Herbert over Dak and, and we've got Lamar Jackson kind of struggling, honestly, yeah. this year, especially compared to what we saw from last season, which, we we knew there would be some uh a step back this year. Just couldn't you can't put up record setting production every single year. That the touchdown efficiency was was off the charts. He sets the, the record for rushing yards by a quarterback. Both of those things were going to decline and they have. And then Deshaun Watson, I think it would be fair to to rank Herbert over him at this point as well. So yeah. Yeah, he's he's climbing. He's I'm, I might move him up before we're even done with the show, Travis.
2: <laughs> it really is ridiculous. I mean, when you throw fifteen touchdowns in your first six starts, I mean that's that's crazy. Like that's that's yeah. really high level efficiency on a team where really for the beginning he was actually missing some of his key playmakers. It was basically just Keenan Allen that was on the field for the first you know couple of games there. So really impressive start. I think pick three here though is where it gets interesting. At least for me i feel like there's a tier break just because of the positional premium of quarterback and unless you know you might you might put somebody else up into the conversation here but who is your pick here at pick 3 in the uh, rookie draft do over
3: no i totally agree that there is a a tier break after those two which is really interesting because if you go back to april and may those early rookie drafts uh, of course joe burrow was the 101 in a lot of those Drafts, but uh, Clyde edwards hilaire was was sneaking in, or e- even Jonathan Taylor was sometimes pick over the quarterback, which uh, is a pretty rare thing. If if you don't play uh, Superflex Dynasty, typically the top quarterback is going to be the the top overall pick in those rookie drafts but the the running back hype really took over this year. And and I think people might be regretting that now. But at at this point, I do see that tear break. At 1.03, I'm going to take, I'm going to go away from the quarterback position, I think. I'm going to go with J.K. Dobbins. I I said at the top of the draft that I I wasn't sure who the 101 might be in in a one quarterback league. And I guess I, I guess maybe I would settle on Dobbins. I think we've got those big three running backs, Dobbins, Taylor and Clyde Edwards hilaire and both both Clyde and Taylor got a little bit of a bump ahead of Dobbins and, and the other guys based on the the idea that they would offer something to fantasy players this year where we might have to wait a year on Dobbins. Um, and at this point with with some surprising running back by committees with, yeah. with all three of these players, uh, with Le'Veon Bell coming in, with kind of the weird Jonathan Taylor usage, I'm not sure if we can count on any of these guys for the rest of 2020. So, because of that, I want the one I like the most long term, and and that's J.K. Dobbins.
2: Wow. So pick three, J.K. Dobbins of uh, the uh, Baltimore Ravens is pick three. That is that is a surprise, and I'm I'm sure that there's going to be some questions from some listeners. I'm just thinking. So I, you kind of laid it out really well though I think what he did just this past week he had over 100 yards on the ground and had a you know a couple catches I think he's already shown that hey I'm I'm the most efficient fastest youngest clearly the best player on the team so I mean J.K. Dobbins I I can't really argue with it there because after this when I was building my big board here it was like after Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert I have a a tier of seriously 10 guys like I don't know like if one had a bigger week they would probably pass everybody else so yeah, J.K. Dobbins, further down the list for me, but pick three, I like that quite a bit. So J.K. Dobbins just betting on the future there and and his stock to continue to rise down the stretch. I like it. So pick four, I'm gonna stay at the running back position. I was tempted to go elsewhere here, uh, most definitely. And and really pre-draft, I was all in on the Jonathan Taylor train. I still believe in his future, but this year with uh, the ghost of Philip Rivers at the helm and whatever they're doing on offense and whatever they do when he's on the field just I don't know if teams just know that they're going to run in certain spots it feels like there's there's tons of closed holes for Jonathan Taylor and then whoever else is running has wide wide gaping holes in the, in the, in the offensive line to just you know gash teams so I don't know what's going on and in Indy so I'm, I'm going to avoid that and I'm going to follow the player who you know started off with a bang, already well over 150 touches on the year, and that's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for the Chiefs. Yes, I know Le'Veon Bell just showed up, and he, he actually saw the same amount of carries as Clyde Edwards-Hilaire immediately, which is concerning. But I, I do think long-term, the Chiefs are committed to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They, they recognize the talent. They wanted to add and just make them better for this year to get one more Super Bowl figured out this year right now because who knows how long the window is going to be staying open for this team I know Patrick Mahomes is going to be there forever but you know who knows how long they'll be able to field a a team that is Super Bowl worthy around Mahomes but I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to be the the centerpiece of that offense on the ground for at least three more seasons after this year so, I mean, if he finishes anywhere near 300 touches in the season, people are going to look at that resume just as like a raw total and just recognize, oh, he he actually killed it. He was the most productive running back on the season, except for J.K. Dobbins, who's apparently going to pass him up this season, right? But uh, <laughs> but seriously, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, it's hard to, I mean, I was not a huge fan pre-draft. He was my like RB5 or 6 or something. But at some point, we just have to say the NFL has decided he's worthy of the touches, and just forfeit and go go with what has happened on the field and what's probably going to continue to happen on the field. So Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, my pick here. What do you think about that?
3: I like the pick. I think I think the expectations got so high, not only once uh, once Edwards-Hilaire was uh, drafted by the Chiefs, the fact that he was drafted in the first round by the Chiefs, and then when Damian Williams opted out, uh, no, things just yeah. went crazy. I mean, we saw – we saw Edwards Allaire being ranked as the 101 overall in dynasty. We even saw him being drafted first overall wow. in in redraft leagues in some cases. So uh, really, he's kind of a victim of his own hype because because he's been he's been solid uh, yeah. this year. Certainly, you kind of mentioned some of the numbers. He's been an RB1. Or he was an RB1 in three of his first six games before Le'Veon Bell. Uh, join the team and I think we have to be realistic about that and, and I think you are in that we're going to see basically an even workload the rest of the way with Bell and and Clyde and that doesn't mean you can't use those guys in in fantasy and and it shouldn't mean that we dock uh, Edwards Hilaire his dynasty value because I do still think like you said I think he's the long-term starter there if we see a discount with him or if you see a discount in your league I would be taking advantage and trying to Trying to buy low on him, if I don't even know if if that's possible at this point.
2: Yeah, as soon as the news dropped with Le'Veon Bell, I joked that you know he'd have like you know six carries for no yards and three touchdowns as his average line to finish this year. You know he's just going to be that vulture that that saps some value from Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and so if you. You can go acquire uh, Quiet Edward Hilaire in some of your leagues. Yes, that is definitely I think the play within this window down the stretch this year because for real football purposes, he's still a really good player and long term he's gonna be the Chiefs guy. Le'Veon Bell is not young and he's not long you know he's not locked in for the next ten years. So I really like him moving forward just based on his workload and and he has shown to be a pretty impressive talent and can catch passes as he demonstrated so well in his final season at LSU so but moving on to pick five keep things rolling here Ryan back to your third pick you already have Joe Burrow and J.K. Dobbins that's a heck of a start for a rookie draft so keep it rolling
3: all right actually in my uh in my rankings that I put together for the show I actually had this player third and then and then pivoted to Dobbins so feel good about this I'll go back to the quarterback position I'll take two uh here Of course, we saw his first start on on Sunday. And uh, while the team got a nice upset win over the Rams, uh, if you watch that game, Tua was not great. It was not a a solid start necessarily for him. But I I don't think we can hold that against him. Right. I mean, he he certainly doesn't have the supporting cast that Burrow or (laughs) Herbert have and obviously being thrown in uh, kind of in the middle of the season versus uh, Burrow was uh, basically knew he was starting the entire offseason. Her- herbert actually was was thrown in kind of thrown into the fire yeah uh, and, and certainly has has performed so well but i don't think this is a, a sign of things to come for two I, I still have very high hopes for him especially long term I, I don't know that you're going to be able to use him in lineups this season i mean that dolphins offense you know i, I just think there's a, a ceiling there with with that offense overall they just need some more uh, playmakers around to it but I love him long term, and uh, would love investing into him in superflex leagues.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think in, in superflex leagues, I think taking the, the quarterback uh, that that's just always a safe pick, and especially a guy that had an unreal finish and profile. I mean, we we went gaga over you know just uh, Joe almost said Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow's yeah. finish. Uh, last year but really before Tua went down his final season was just as impressive as Joe Burrow's so if I mean if he had finished that year doing what he was doing uh, it would have just been an unreal profile I mean we would have have had the two most ridiculous final seasons of a quarterback in NFL draft history to take a look at so I'm still a firm believer in, in Tua long term also so really glad to see him go off the board here I think he deserves it I mean anytime. You, you get a top 10 quarterback pick that that drops, you know, it shouldn't drop very low uh, in, in rookie drafts, especially super flex formats. But it is funny looking back on the pre-draft process. Cause I actually got several shares of Justin Herbert in my rookie drafts because he dropped to the end of the first round because he had more questions than Joe Burrow mm-hmm. and Tua Tugavello. And now it's interesting. He's leapfrogged everybody and is automatically this, you know, Top two pick, like clear teardrop there. So it's it's interesting what happens with that 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 quarterback that's an afterthought. Uh, but hopefully he maintains that hype. Hopefully Tua continues to develop. But I'm gonna stay here at the running back position for my pick six here. Going back to my running back one pre-draft, gonna stick to the long-term play here with Jonathan Taylor for the Indianapolis Colts. Yes. It hasn't been pretty. Yes, this past weekend he was out touched by Jordan Wilkins, and you know had had touchdowns vultured away, and it was super frustrating. And really, he we haven't seen an explosion out of Jonathan Taylor like we thought we might. You know, he's had like one running back one game all season long so far, which is not great. Uh, we had crazy expectations. I mean, when a player puts up three consecutive two thousand yard seasons in college. There's something to be excited about. And then he answers any questions that you might have with his athletic profile at the Combine, 5'10", 226, running like a 4'4". I mean, he's just, he looked the part, looks the part. So I'm going to say long-term, it works out. Weird quarterback situation this year. Philip Rivers is not himself. And I think things get cleaned up for him uh, moving forward next year. And he, he really retain some some value in the offseason when people look at his season in totality and say okay that was still a top two or three rookie running back year so are you sticking with Jonathan Taylor Do you, would you have him here in the sixth slot, or would you have waited a little bit longer given what he's done here recently
3: no I actually had him ranked fifth overall so I've, I would have him uh, just slightly above Clyde Edwards Hilaire actually um, although I think all three of those running backs are uh, bunched in pretty tightly but certainly not giving up and and would really echo the kind of some of the same things I said about Clyde if there's any type of discount if there's a a, a panicking manager in your league that has Taylor on their on their roster, and you can steal him away at any type of discount. That doesn't mean you're getting him cheap. He's,
2: yeah, he's
3: not. He's not getting traded for a second round pick or anything like that. <laughs> no. Um, but if you can uh, get your hands on Taylor, I still, I still like him long term, certainly, and and think he's. I mean, he's still a dynasty RB one. Yeah. Uh, pretty easily, in my opinion.
2: Absolutely. I mean, he's still a 21 year old rookie. He and Clyde edwards hilaire were super young rookie prospects, as well as J.K. Dobbins. Uh, we we do like our 21-year-old, productive, uh, highly drafted running backs here at of viz But uh, so does everybody else because those guys, John, Jonathan Taylor and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, were the only two guys that were ranked above and being drafted above the quarterbacks in, in startup drafts this year and rookie drafts this year everywhere, like you mentioned already. And, and they were being drafted so, so even in October. So I think these guys are still tops here. Uh, top-notch assets to have on dynasty fantasy football rosters and guys to get excited for real football purposes don't i I see it all the time people freaking out about their team making draft selections and missing on on the right wrong right or wrong player but i mean long term these guys are still top-notch talents i think they could be long-term fixtures on these nfl teams for a very long time so we already got six picks in the books in this 2020 nfl rookie draft do over with ryan mcdowell here but And just to recap the first six picks here, we got pick one to Ryan Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert went to me, J.K. Dobbins to Ryan, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire back to me, Tua Bailoa to Ryan, and Jonathan Taylor at pick six back to me. And we will go down the back half of the first round after a word from our sponsors. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. And Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73%, yes, 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at indeed.com slash bluewire. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now to indeed.com slash bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31.
0: and enter code 2020 RV radio at checkout for 10% off. You can even extend your subscription. Oh, and one more thing. If you haven't ever done it, please rate and review the podcast you're listening to right now on Apple Podcasts. It's really easy. It only takes like 10, 15 seconds. Just do it. We'd love to hear your feedback. Now, back to the show.
2: All right, so we're back. And again, already halfway through the first round of the rookie draft do-over here. Uh, gonna get down the seventh through twelfth picks here, Ryan. You are back on the clock at pick seven. Who would you select here, man, Travis? The
3: these rookies are so tightly ranked. I think I'm going to already. Uh, I think I'm gonna switch up my rankings again. I, I thought I knew what I wanted to do, and, and now that I'm on the <laughs> clock, uh, things are changing. Which which is really how rookie drafts work as oh, well. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've you've got your rankings that you trust or your ADP but then when you're actually on the clock and adding that player to your team, things seem to change. <laughs> I'm going to go change. with uh, the uh, first wide receiver here. I'm going to take CD lamb. He did have three games as a top 18 wide receiver in the first five weeks of the season. Obviously has, has really struggled uh, without Dak Prescott, which we can say that basically about the entire <laughs> Dallas offense. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think he's, he might get some MVP votes just based on, uh, on how bad the, <laughs> that team is without him.
2: But, yeah. uh,
3: But really, really excited about Lamb's potential and already some questions about how long Amari Cooper will be on that team. But I I think even if that's, you know, even if they don't move on, I guess, from Cooper, we've seen that those two can can coexist and can both be successful fantasy producers. So uh, Lamb at his age and and just what what we've already seen as far as flashes from him to me, he's he's a top five dynasty wide receiver. I can't name five. Uh, wide outs I'd rather have above him.
2: You know, when you mentioned that, I was, I actually checked out the, uh, you guys went through a, a draft that you had done with some uh, dynasty league football writers. Uh, I guess it was maybe a, a month ago or so. Mm-hmm. And I think you mentioned CD Lamb being like, you know, your wide receiver, wide receiver two or three or something overall. And I was like, Whoa, that's fast. But but then I thought about it. Wait, hold up. The dude is, he's, he's seriously coming into this fa- this past week, he seriously already had 54 targets as a rookie. That's insane! Like to to not not even to the halfway point, the dude's already on pace for like like what 120 targets as a rookie, and so maybe it slows down slows down a bit because I don't think the offense will be on the field long enough to get him a a bunch of targets. But you know he's already got you know like I said we're recording in the middle of the Sunday night football game. He's already got another catch for for 12 yards. He's clearly a, a centerpiece, a ball mover, chain mover, and big playmaker for this offense really important to this team and you mentioned i mean amari cooper's contract might may may dictate that that he's a a cap casualty sooner than later and so cd lamb i think it's hard to argue that that he's you know not already a wide receiver one if not like you said a top five uh dynasty football uh dynasty fantasy football asset because i mean he's got you know coming in this this week he was already 13th or 14th in targets i think 14th in receptions 14th in receiving yards and and was actually underperforming based on like fantasy points over expectation per game. So he could be doing even more. Really impressive start for CD Lamb, and he was somebody that checked every box. Like even in the pre-draft process, right? We knew a long time ago. Like I think three years ago, even when he barely missed the uh, the cutoff for you know first year you know breakout, uh, we were like, eh, he was pretty close. He's he's gonna be a first round NFL pick. Like three years ago and he comes in he comes in finishes with like a 90th percentile adjusted production index gets the first round draft capital check check he's athletic enough he has like no holes in, in his game so a yak monster already and so i don't know it's just no brainer i love the pick and i was actually thinking you were actually, you might actually take him in the first half of the uh, rookie draft just cuz i knew you were so high on cd lamb so love that here getting the first wide receiver at pick 7 uh, that that's pretty that's pretty solid value, uh, any way that you slice it. So back to me, I'm gonna stay at that position. I'm gonna I'm gonna go and uh, my wide receiver one pre-draft is not this guy, but he was somebody that I flirted with the idea of ranking him over CeeDee Lamb at, at one time, and it's Justin Jefferson uh, of the Minnesota Vikings, and he has been exceeding expectations. Uh, even just, I think a lot of people thought he was like the wide receiver four-ish, you know, in the class, but nobody really had him for the most part as their wide receiver one. Uh, but on the small sample that he's been given this year, he's just been crushing it. Like he is number one in the nation, in the league, at uh, in terms of fantasy points over expectation per game coming into this week. That's going to change a little bit because he didn't blow up. Dalvin Cook stole the show for the Vikings this week, but had two blow up weeks, like 30 plus fantasy points in two of his first six Games So absolutely going bonkers for the Vikings. Really loved his production profile as well. He met every minimum threshold that you want to see. Had 111 receptions last year, like 30 more catches than a guy that many people are projecting to be a top 10 NFL draft pick this coming season in Jamar Chase guy Had like no holes in his game, and people were picking him apart because, oh, he's just a slot guy. I don't care, like, he's he's killed it. So, uh, is he that high for you, or, or would you still have a few other wide receivers above him, not named CD Lamb?
3: Uh, no, he's he's my second rookie wide receiver at this point, and uh, there's there's one other player, non wide receiver, that I'm I maybe would have considered over him, uh, but I, I love the pick at this point, certainly has gained value. There are there are four wide receivers who through uh, through the first seven weeks, not not counting week eight yet, but through the first seven weeks, four wide receivers who had two games as a top two wide receiver in a week. Wow. Uh, Calvin Ridley, Devontae Adams, Tyler Lockett, and Justin Jefferson is Whew. the fourth. Yeah. So pretty good company there. Uh, <laughs> wide receiver two back in week three when he flashed with that that big breakout game after a quiet first couple of weeks. Uh, and then the, the blow up game in week six, when he was the wide receiver one overall. And, and that was the game that I, I think really got dynasty players fully in on him and, and moving him up the rankings. Uh, he's, uh, he's locked in as a, as a dynasty wide receiver two somewhere in that, in that 13 to, to 20 range, yeah. um, if not even higher.
2: Yeah, and I think he's really, really creeping up. I think the only concern is maybe the offense that he's in. Maybe it's his quarterback. But yeah, I mean, he only had 36 targets uh, coming into this week, but he had 537 receiving yards on those targets. So very much reminiscent of of the efficiency uh, of one A.J. Brown last year for the Titans. Not the perfect off- offense, not the the highest volume of targets, but he still had a ridiculous rookie year. We're probably going to see something like that out of Justin Jefferson when it's set. Said and done but really like the those two guys as the one-two punch i'm really interested to see where, which direction you go here because i think there's a thousand ways you could go uh moving on to the next pick here at pick nine so ryan who do you got pick nine
3: yeah, this is a tough one. Again, a, a lot of these players valued so closely, and and we're going to get to the end of this thing, and 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 have several names that <laughs> probably deserve to be drafted. Uh, but I'm going to go with DeAndre Swift here at nine. I mean, if you go all the way back to to basically January, early February, pre combine, he was the favorite to be the 101 a yeah. rookie pick in in most rookie drafts, at least most one quarterback. Rookie drafts. A little bit of a disappointing combine. We saw Jonathan Taylor kind of leapfrog him, and obviously the draft uh, pushed Clyde Edwards-Helaire and and maybe even Dobbins ahead of him as well. There was concern about about really just being uh, on that Lions roster. It seems like Lions running backs are are cursed somehow. Uh, and then they <laughs> add Adrian Peterson, so it's it's been a messy situation, which we could say about almost every one of the uh, these rookie running backs. We've started finally to see Swift's role in that offense grow. He's been the pass catching back, which is good news if you're in a PPR league. But finally, we're starting to see him kind of be that uh, that lead back as far as leading the team in carries. And you know, the the offensive line is is a work in progress there, to say the least. <laughs> and, and really, the offense overall is, is is just disappointing. So Swift, it feels like it's a little bit of a roller coaster ride with his his value and his production right now it's probably down had a had a disappointing week 8 game yeah uh, but still just love the talent
2: Yeah, I definitely love the talent as well. And I think a lot of people, like you said, were super high on Swift. You you know, I I run those rookie poll mocks on Twitter Mm -hmm. uh, just every single year just to gauge where the market is on these players, where the consensus is with these players, even back in January. So as soon as everyone was declared, hey, I'm going to the NFL draft, I ran a bunch of Twitter polls to see who the top 24 rookies were pre-draft. And DeAndre Swift was number one. And not only that, he won compared to J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor, and C.D. Lamb. Those were the other three options on the first poll, I, I believe. Or actually, it may have been like Jonathan Taylor, C.D. Lamb, and Jerry Judy. I think I split it even even there. But he took down fifty five percent of the vote and won by thirty six percent. Like the, the next closest player was thirty six percent of the vote behind. So I mean, he was the slam dunk consensus one oh one. in in terms of uh, one quarterback leagues anyway. So yeah, to have a player drop that far and really not do terribly, I mean, it was just kind of a weird situation, like you mentioned. It's kind of weird to see that. We don't normally see that kind of precipitous fall uh, in, in a player's market value that quickly. I think we just were so impatient to see these guys just oh he has to be a running back one this second or else I, you know he drops twenty spots on my board yeah. and that I think that's just the nature well that's just human nature but that's that's the nature of uh, many dynasty fantasy football players or you know redrafts single year fantasy football players as well but. I like the value there, given what we thought Swift could be, and given what I believe Swift still can be, and I think he could break the the Lions' running back curse, perhaps after this year. But it's been a weird year for running backs because we want to see these guys hit the ground running. We've seen some players do it have huge rookie seasons. We might actually end up when it's all said and done with zero, you know, spectacular ru- rookie running back seasons this year, and that's okay. Uh, but I'm going to go back to the wide receiver well, and I'm going to go with pick 10. I'm going to pick T. Higgins of the Cincinnati Bengals because what he's done, I don't know why we should be surprised. I mean, coming out of high school, this kid was a five star wide receiver talent. You know, he was already like 6'4, just mossing kids, making it look ridiculously easy. Had kind of a slow start at Clemson, but that's because there's always five star, you know, five other five stars at Clemson. Uh, To compete with. But in his final season, just absolutely wowed. He and Justin Ross killed it for Clemson. And then he got the draft capital, you know, like what, the first pick in the second round? So just barely missed that first round draft capital. I feel like if he was just the 32nd pick or the 31st pick, uh, we'd have a completely different view of T. Higgins and and his market value, you know, even this spring. So T. Higgins has been killing it this year, uh, being just as productive or nearly as productive as as cd lamb has which is incredible uh on slightly you know a slightly lower workload coming into this week he had 410 receiving yards and added another like 78 and was the leading target for the Bengals. obvious heir apparent to aj green i know he's going to st- sh- share some things with tyler boyd but is this too early for higgins for you or i see in this conversation for sure
3: he's definitely in the conversation i think he's been really impressive and uh, i do think he's He's the wide receiver one in Cincinnati. I like Tyler Boyd a lot, but if I'm, if I'm picking one of those guys, uh, both from a fantasy standpoint and just kind of who is that, who is that go-to target for Joe Burrow? I think it's Higgins. And I'm really excited to see, uh, you know, the next five or six years of, of this pair of rookies together. Uh, I think it, it's going to be, uh, fun to watch these two guys grow and, and, uh, help each other. So yeah. I, I love the pick at that range. I, I don't know if that would have been my next pick, yeah. but again, that's that's just because the these rookies, especially the wide receivers are so clumped in together tightly.
2: Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I mean, th- this class, I mean, we could, we could talk about just this. I, I probably will have to after this year and we look, take a look back at what this ridiculous wide receiver class was able to put together I mean, we don't normally see, you know, multiple guys, you know, pacing for a thousand yards uh, early on in the year and, you know, a half a dozen or eight guys pacing for 600 plus yard seasons or, you know, 800 plus yard seasons. And we could see eight guys have like 750 receiving yards in their rookie season, uh, depending on how things go down the stretch. So this, this group is really tough to sift through, but Almost, almost done with the first round, Ryan. This is your last pick in the first round of the rookie draft do-over. Pick eleven.
3: Oh wow! Um, yeah, no pressure. I, yeah, last pick. There's, there's, <laughs> there's literally like five or six wide receivers I still like, and, and one <laughs> on my team. I'm gonna go with Jalen Rager here at eleven. Uh, we see him finally come back. It, it's, it's been a long absence. He's. It almost feels like his debut, but he's he's back on yeah. the field for the Eagles after that. Uh, long in- injury absence, and catches a touchdown in the first half of this game. As as we're kind of keeping one eye on on the game and and one eye on this draft. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Rager is a player that many people thought was the wide receiver one in this class yeah. pre-draft. I, I thought it was funny with him that I don't know I don't know where you are on or where you were on this Travis, but uh, again the the expectations at the combine for him were so so high. And then because he didn't run quite as fast as uh, as we hoped, because he didn't run quite as fast as Henry Ruggs, his entire combine was labeled as a disappointment, which is just crazy. I thought,
2: yeah, Um, oh, I I mean, bonkers. Like, yeah, his burst score was through the roof. Like he like had a forty something vertical, and like his broad was ridiculous. You can't trash it just because he didn't run a four two seven. You know, (laughs) that's just insane. Like not right
3: so. Yeah. I, I thought that was crazy talk, but at the same time, I, I loved hearing it because if if that gave any type of uh, discount on Rager, that, that was great news. And of course it didn't really. He's still a first round pick uh, yeah. to a team that needs wide receivers really as, as much as any in the league. And what we saw happen to the Eagles last year is exactly happened again. Every relevant receiver on that roster has has suffered injury including Rager Uh, but he's finally back I think because of the injuries to Jackson and and Ertz and and so many of these others he can step right in as the wide receiver one and honestly I think he's the most talented receiver on that team so that really shouldn't even be a surprise but again yeah so many so many wide receivers I like at, at this range.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That actually would have been my pick because for me, I there are several wide receivers I like, but there is actually a tear break after Rager for me at that position. So I, I love Rager. He was my wide receiver one uh, pre, pre-draft pre and even post-draft. I was like, you know what? He could have some crazy market share opportunity given the pieces there. It's, uh, there. There was an argument to be made that he could have a crazy start had he not been injured. So really think his potential is through the roof. He's already like we said, producing this evening uh, in the Sunday night football game when we were recording, so uh, I love his potential. Uh, met every you know breakout age threshold that we like to see, and, and had a bunch of production metrics going for him. Then he got the first round draft capital, and really he met every minimum threshold athletically as well. And people just freaked out because he ran only a four four five. When people fail to realize that the average. Uh, wide receiver 40 is actually over four or five it's just over four or five at the nfl combine for guys so he's still faster than average even if he had a bad day like we i think he plays faster than what he ran so i just had almost no questions with that guy so i really really like the pick here and i'm sure that there are many people that are really really not going to like my pick here at pick 12 Oh, but uh my, i'm actually gonna go with the one, the only, Antonio Gibson on the Washington football team, uh, running back slash wide receiver slash former Juco wide receiver slash whatever the heck he was for Memphis slash whatever the heck he is now on the Washington's football team. He looks legit. I mean, he is he perfect already? No, he's not because he is just an outlier in every way, shape, and form. Like when you look at his profile and you see a guy that Went the JUCO route as a wide receiver and didn't do anything in his first year at Memphis. Had like 77 total touches there. had had crazy efficiency. showed crazy burst in athleticism, speed and strength and balance. I mean, it's weird anyway when we're trying to you know predict success uh, as far as like transfer running backs. Like transfer running backs fail like horrendously to reach uh, the next level because there's just so much that goes into earning your stripes well enough and quick enough to have a really solid production profile as a running back specifically we, we just don't see guys succeed i mean the only other transfer running back to succeed in the last 10 years in the nfl is one alvin kamara and he was a five star guy actually going into the process he actually you know was went to alabama had to sit behind 15 other five star guys that are all in the nfl and then went to ut still didn't even lead his own team in carries and and got third round draft capital antonio gibson still didn't lead his own team and still got third-round draft capital because of what he could be, and he's showing what he can be with two running back one games already, another running back two game, and every single game except for one, he's actually had at least 9.5 PPR fantasy points this year. So I really like him, and he's doing it on a team that's absolute hot garbage. So imagine if he actually had a quarterback. So for me, the difference-making pick here that would be a roster league-winning type play this year and really maybe beyond, it's Antonio Gibson. What, what are your thoughts there on that, Ryan?
3: That one surprised me a little bit, but I, I like it. I like. Uh, I think you definitely made a good case for it. And man, he's just such an exciting player. So it, it just feels like there's so much upside there. And, and you're right, I can't wait to see. Hopefully, we only have to wait until next year to see that quarterback whether it's uh, Justin
2: Fields or, oh, man, or, yeah. or
3: somebody, I don't know. Any anybody uh,
2: besides besides whatever they have now, so
3: right, right. Anybody really is going to be an upgrade. So, uh, looking forward to seeing that. But I've been encouraged by the way they've used Gibson and basically treating him like almost a bell cow back. Yeah. Uh, because there was there was concern uh, about how much of a workload he could handle. Is he really just going to be kind of a you know like
2: like a gadget? I, I don't player know. Just or, you yeah. Know. <laughs> something, not a feature.
3: Yeah, exactly. Just like a trick play waiting to happen. Right. You know, and that certainly hasn't been the case. I've been surprised both positively and negatively with his usage that he's He's not getting much work in the passing game, uh, but I, I do think that will come. I mean, a guy like J.D. McKissick is is not going to stand in the way for long. No, uh, if you if you have you know if if you've got that real talent, and I, I think Gibson does. So yeah, sure. I, I like the Gibson pick. A, a, probably a little earlier than I would have gone, but I don't hate it at all.
2: Well, I appreciate you not, not shredding that to, to pieces, <laughs> but but yeah, you know, I think there are there's an argument against it as well. Like I mean, his efficiency went through the roof because you know he played the Cowboys uh, here recently and he had a crazy game there that kind of fixed some things, but he he's looked really solid, already has like five hundred and eighteen yards from scrimmage, so well on his way to an eleven hundred yards from scrimmage rookie season on a really awful. Team. So that's really impressive to me. But just to recap this first round, and then we'll kind of talk about some players that we should have probably picked, or just we cannot believe they dropped this far. Uh, and we didn't select them in first in the first round. I think just it just speaks to the ridiculous nature of the depth in this really solid 2020 NFL draft class. But Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, J.K. Dobbins, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Tua Tungo Bailoa, Jonathan Taylor, C D Lamb. Justin Jefferson, DeAndre Swift, T. Higgins, Jalen Rager, and Antonio Gibson round out the first round of the 2020 NFL Rookie Draft do-over here with Ryan McDowell. Who are a few of your kind of first out favorite players that, that I should have taken a pick 12 or, or you would have considered uh, first round picks?
3: I think the one that stands out to me is Jerry Judy. Obviously, concerns with him really based on his offense and his quarterback. Uh, I remember if we go back a couple of years ago, I knocked Cortland Sutton because at the time he had a chance because of injury to I think it was Emmanuel Sanders at that point. Because of injury to Emmanuel Sanders, Sutton had the chance to to basically serve as the wide receiver one for the Broncos as a rookie. A- and he he really disappointed. It was it was Deshaun Hamilton who kind of stepped up at that point. And and was the go-to target late in the season, and we're kind of seeing the same thing with Jerry Judy. The injury to Sutton, uh, and instead of instead of Judy being that consistent wide receiver one, you've got you've got guys like Tim Patrick earning earning those go-to looks, earning those those uh, targets. So concerns about that. Concerns about certainly the quarterback situation. Drew Locke. Does not look like the answer to me. So wonder, uh, you know, wonder about what that will look like in the future. You look at some of these teams like the uh, the Jets or Washington, and you think they're going to be able to draft one of these guys. Right. One of these rookies and uh, the Broncos are probably going to end up outside of the top 10, potentially, or at least lower, uh, lower than they need to be to get one of the top quarterbacks. Uh, And it just feels like we're kicking the can down the road with that quarterback position uh, there in Denver.
2: Yeah, that, Jerry Judy is one that stands out. He was in the wide receiver one overall conversation for a very long time for fantasy football purposes, for real po- football purposes. But man, they have a lot of decent playmakers around him. Like when Cortland Sutton does come back, he's going to garner a whole bunch of targets. Noah Fant is a legit tight end one. K.J. Hamler is a crazy fast speedster that they probably need to start using more downfield. And then Albert Okoye-Bunham caught another touchdown today. I mean, they've just got a bunch of weapons with a bad quarterback that can't feed them all. So it's really kind of weird projecting any kind of uh, ceiling play, even though Jerry did actually get 10 targets this past weekend. But with 10 targets, he turned those 10 targets into four catches. For 73 yards and zero touchdowns. So if uh, that's the ceiling <laughs> uh, for what that could be in the Denver offense, and they they scored 31 points, like there there's going to be a boom week for Jerry Judy, but. It's kind of weird to see him not doing better. He has had some drops and some things not go his way. He's had some really impressive plays, but definitely somebody I think many still have as a first round rookie draft pick value. But I mean, I I can't argue if somebody has him even you know well up near Justin Jefferson and Ceedee Lamb just because of the long term play. Uh, but another guy that I think could be rising up into the conversation for me is Chase Claypool of the Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Steelers because. He just had another day this weekend. uh, Well, actually, the the first time where he was kind of the alpha wide receiver with both Juju Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson healthy on the field. He had the most targets on the team. He had the touchdown. I I wasn't a huge believer in Chase Claypool uh, pre-draft. I I thought, you know, man, they might just throw him into tight end or something weird in the pros. I I just didn't believe that the NFL was going to properly use him. But then the Steelers drafted him and they apparently just have some magic touch with uh, wide receivers so <laughs> just another hit for them but where do you value him is he kind of a more second round player for sure uh, are you considering him you know as a, in a you know late first round pick value
3: yeah so he was actually 12th on my list uh, so certainly was considering him in this range he's obviously been a player who's been gaining a ton of value moving up in in rankings both rookie rankings and and dynasty wide receiver rankings and it's funny because i mean you kind of mentioned you you missed on him a little bit in, in, uh, this off season. I, I certainly did as well. I I think I ended up with, with him in a couple of leagues, but not very many. Right. And, and I just wonder why, because he tried to get our attention with, with that huge combine performance. And I don't know that it's necessarily a a good process every single year, but for, for better or worse, when players put up those type of numbers at the combine, we start paying attention Yeah, and, Really, all we did is say he'll be great if he if they move him to tight end, like you said. and then the the next great thing, the next great signal that you also mentioned, the Steelers draft him on day two. Yeah, and
2: yeah, huge. I, I
3: don't know. I don't know what it is uh, about pittsburgh and and these wide receivers, but we've seen it time and time again over the years, especially day two, but but day three, wide receivers as well, including, of course, Antonio Brown. They, they just hit on these guys over and over, and if the Steelers draft a receiver, we should be paying attention no matter what. Uh, it, <laughs> Basically. It, it, oh, yeah, man. it felt like he was overdrafted at that point uh, and, and whatever excuse you want to make, but two like flashing light signals for dynasty players – and and many of us ignored both of those.
2: Yeah, and and he, I, I ignored my own process. Like so, I have this metric. I mentioned it earlier in the podcast. I mentioned it on a prior show. Is the adjusted production index looks at top end adjusted peak production uh, at the dominator rating, the yards per team pass attempt, and touchdowns per team pass attempt. And Chase Claypool was one of eight wide receivers. We normally only see like three or four in each class. One of eight wide receivers this year to meet the 60th percentile. Cut off that you typically see a, uh, a much higher hit rate for, and he got draft capital. So yes, he didn't have the perfect breakout age, but Notre Dame wide receivers we've seen in recent years—they uh, just wait till the final season for these guys and be like, "Oh crap, I got to get this guy drafted," and then pump a bunch of targets to him, and then oh wow, they're actually really good playmakers. It's it's just a weird. Uh, team specific thing for, for Notre Dame. It seems like they just waste these guys for like three years and they're like, Oh yeah, we should probably use our best players now. So I don't know. I don't know what it is with Chase, Clay, Chase Claypool, but his, he's trending way up. But uh, yeah. before we kind of sign off here, just a couple more names that you, you want to kind of throw out there that probably should be in that conversation for fringe first round value.
3: Yeah. Brandon, Ayuk could be the next one for me, obviously first round. Uh, NFL draft pick for the 49ers has really been a playmaker for them, filling in well when uh, when Debo Samuel's been out of the lineup. And as as slow as I've been to come around on him, we we can't ignore uh, James Robinson, the undrafted yeah. free agent who has has been the most productive rookie running back, uh, really by far, honestly.
2: Yeah. And that's just been crazy to see his workload and the amount of touches that they're continuously feeding him every single week. It's like, man, you do know he's an undrafted free agent, right? But they don't care. They're just like, hey, he's the best playmaker on our team. We're going to keep on feeding him. I mean, coming into this week, James Robinson seriously had 134 touches. Uh, So really can't deny what he's already done. Uh, The only other guy I might mention that might be in that conversation to kind of sneak into the back end of uh, like first round rookie pick value in this class might be Leviska Chenault just because of his versatile skill set. And he does have 40 touches on the year already. He actually has like 38 targets, which is actually more targets coming into this week than Justin Jefferson. Uh, So a guy that is probably getting overlooked because he's on the Jaguars and the trash, but uh, has really impressed and did get the draft capital, he's probably going to be around on the, on the Jaguars for a while. But that's going to do it for this episode and the 2020 NFL Rookie Draft do-over here today. Ryan, really appreciate you coming on, talking about some rookies. This was fun, just kind of breaking down the crazy changes uh, in, in what this draft board has looked like since January all the way through May, even since the beginning of the season. I feel like certain players have completely flip-flopped up and down the first round of value so just been a bizarre season bizarre year hopefully things get better here very soon hopefully we get a normal nfl season next year and uh and hopefully we see these guys that are already uh smashing in year one continue to do so uh in year two and beyond but ryan uh any anything else you kind of want to talk about that you're excited about going on at dynasty league football or anything else you're doing right now before we sign off here
3: um, yeah, we're just kind of like you guys at, at, over at Rotovis, just uh, plugging through this regular season content and, and, and loving that. I mean, honestly, we're just glad that we've got eight weeks of football in. I, I didn't know if we would get to that point. So, yeah, already, uh, again, I, I know you are, Travis, already looking forward to the 2021 off season, the NFL draft and, and that entire process and hoping for some uh, normalcy there.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, we just had our our, bi- our first big RotoViz uh, NFL Prospects Ranking Summit. And we'll probably have to readjust those after the Pac-12 starts playing. But, man, it's going to be a fun offseason. Uh, another fun uh, rookie draft year full of talent. Uh, it'll be a good one heading into 2022, which will be terrible. But t- <laughs> the 2021 draft lo- looks like a lot of fun already. But thanks, thanks again. And, uh, everyone, please do, uh, if you enjoy the show, leave a, a rate and review. It takes almost no time at all i I really appreciate it helps this still very young show only 19 episodes in but again can't believe we're already halfway through like the college football and nfl seasons both but thanks for listening thanks for tuning in tuning in as always but i look forward to you joining me soon for many more episodes of the college again podcast Football is back in full swing and you might not be at a game this year but you can still be in on the action at bet online. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start wagering on wins, division and championship futures all day, every day. So head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great signup bonuses. And don't forget to use promo code BlueWire at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.
0: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns—legends whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime Sports documentary *The Kings*, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June sixth, only on Showtime.
1: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why?